All right, sometimes they play this at the beginning of basketball games, right? Because you have the opening tip, jump. Sometimes everything in the land of sports is a game. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's an actual game. Sometimes it's a political game. And that's what I think, of course, we've stumbled upon here. Joining us now to talk about the fallout from yesterday's developments and where we go from here on the Wizards and Capitals and Monumental Sports Entertainment a bid to build a um, multi-use uh, complex, of course, in Alexandria, just uh, past uh, Reagan National Airport. Uh, and what the Commonwealth of Virginia is doing uh, is our guy Eric Flack from WUSA 9 TV. Of course, he is a Murrow and Emmy Award winning chief investigative reporter uh, and also has done a tremendous job covering pretty much all things commanders, stadium, uh, and, uh, the whole deal, and is on this uh, and uh, here to break it down for us on the BetQL Guest Hotline. Eric, good to talk to you, my friend. Great to see you last week out at Command uh, Land in Ashburn. How are you, pal? Good, Rooster. Always good to see you, man. Always good to see you, man. Thanks for having Absolutely. me Absolutely. And Doc Walker is joining in uh, here as well. So uh, I hey, guess... Doc. What's up? Uh, I, nope. I, I guess we'll start with, with this. Um, you know, I know you were on with Sheehan earlier, uh, so I, I, I appreciate Coach you making some... Sheehan. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Coach. I apologize. Coach Sheehan. I have to call him Coach Sheehan. Um, so just big picture for everybody that is kind of loosely following this. I guess I would ask it this. We, we know... It hit a major pothole, a roadblock, however you want to describe it. Is it dead, or is this just, again, political games, and, and, and this is just, again, the beginning of a long process? Well, I think we will see. We can start with some breaking news, which is that the Virginia House of Delegates just passed the uh, House version of the uh, arena bill. Mm. Uh, yesterday's big news was that it got um, pretty much sideswiped and put aside by the Senate Finance Committee because of some Democratic senators uh, who really became uncomfortable with the project. It does, in fact, have support in the House, and the House just passed um, the arena bill with its uh, $2.8 ultimately billion dollar price tag in, um, in you know, state um, loans to be paid back over time. Um, Monumental is really focusing on that, the victories in the House of Delegates, rather than um, the, the failures, the roadblocks they're, they're facing in the Senate. They just put out a statement that said, we are so encouraged by the bipartisan support for this monumental opportunity. This is a big step forward in the process, but we know it is not the last step. We look forward to working with the leadership members and staff of, of the Virginia Senate to answer their questions and earn support for this transformative economic opportunity. So what that means is, and we're getting into a little bit of how the sausage gets made, but the way it works up in Richmond is that this House bill, which has been passed by one half of the legislature, now goes to the Senate. And Monumental has another bite at the apple, so to speak, a second chance to convince all the opponents over there that this is the right thing to do. Now, how do you do that? Do you change the terms of the deal? Do you reduce the price tag? Do you try to get Governor Youngkin to include incentives for some of the senators in more rural areas mm -hmm. that are not Northern Virginia-based to try and get their support? They've got a lot of options there. 
to hear Monumental talk about it, and we did yesterday. They called a, a press conference shortly after this bill uh, kind of failed in the Senate to say, look, this is part of the process. We feel confident. There's no plan B. There's no negotiations with D.C. There's no plan A because there's only one plan, and that is to go to Northern Virginia and this Potomac Yard site in Alexandria. So they are. there is no contingency plan, at least outwardly. They continue to be very uh, confident, at least outwardly, that they will be able to turn things around in the Senate. So your original question is, is this dead or is it political posturing? I think that question is yet to be determined, but we will know here in the next couple of weeks because this process is going to move quickly. I grew up as a collegiate in Westwood, and they would say UCLA needs its own stadium, and the people in Westwood would just smile. <laughs> I work here around Georgetown, and people say, oh, it needs its own people that live around them just smile. I feel mm-hmm. the same way about this. Do they really have the political clout to get the people that live in the area that do not want to be disturbed by construction and traffic? Do they have that kind of clout? Doc, that's a great question. They seem to think so. Uh, I've never um, um, worked as a lobbyist. And, (laughs) you know, I don't know how you change you know this this woman who who is kind of leading the charge senator lucas mm-hmm. um who is not from the northern virginia area she's the head of the senate finance committee right okay she's a powerful powerful woman who has gotten out now on a soapbox to say not on my watch that's what she said this is the wrong deal you're good that's gonna be a tough tough uh ask to turn around voices like that now you got a scott sturavel who's a state senator from fairfax county he also came out right shoulder to shoulder with um senator lucas Mm -hmm. and said he also opposes it but he was much more open-minded to all this at the beginning so going back to your question do they have the clout i think the scott sturavels of the world might be able to be convinced because when you heard him talk, he was much more upset about some of the lack of of bipartisanship he was hearing in the language of the governor over the weekend rather than the money. But Senator Lucas is talking about this price tag is ridiculous. We are not going to risk the backs of taxpayers on, on this. And so the ultimate question when it comes to clout is, how many voices do they need to turn around? And can they turn around enough to get around those who are going to be the, let's call them, the never arena camp? Right. Because there's always a never arena camp. Right. Uh, Eric Flack does a tremendous job covering this and everything else for WUSA 9. Make sure you follow him uh, on Twitter or X, uh, as the kids call it, at Eric Flack, F-L-A-C-K TV, at Eric Flack TV. And simply watch him, WUSA 9 and WUSA9.com. Let me ask you uh, this, and I, I hope this question makes sense. I'm still trying to learn all these terms, but the moral obligation part of this, or the moral obligation bonds, as some people refer to them, which yep. is 
the the way Monumental sold this to me and everyone else is, hey, there is no public money here. Uh, it's going to be financed through taxes on tickets and this and that and whatever. But the moral obligation part of this is what I think is at the root of this, Eric, and maybe I'm wrong, is if that number isn't met, and I think it's like $1.4, billion, if that number isn't met, then that's where the Virginia uh, taxpayers have to then pony up, the, I guess, the difference. Is is that the crux of, of, of what is at stake here between, again, the politicians from Virginia that are opposing this and Monumental who put together this proposal knowing they wouldn't be able to just straight out ask for money but they were tying it to this moral obligation bond thing. So let's take this chunk by chunk because this is a very important point of all this. Okay, let's start with the money. Yes, the number of bonds now in 2024 is 1.4, one, whatever the billion dollars plus. Mm-hmm. What's important to keep in mind is that when the bonds are paid back with interest, In 30, 40 years, that number climbs to 2.7 to 2.8 billion dollars. Nearly doubling. So so I like to use that number because that is ultimately the tax money Mm -hmm. that is going to have to go to repay this bond. Okay. Not one point something. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. 2.7, 2.8 billion. No, it's an important, but it's 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 okay because they're two different numbers. Right. And that's all how you interpret it. Now let's go to, is it taxpayer money? This is the same argument that we were having with the, the way the, they were going to finance Dan Snyder's um, Virginia um, Stadium for the Commanders. Um, the, the, the payoff comes from the uh, tax uh, revenue from ticket sales, from, um, uh, you know, uh, parking, mm-hmm. uh, from concessions, from this, that, and the other. So... Monumental will tell you that's money that does not exist, does not exist um, without a stadium. So to call it taxpayer money, no, we're not actually instituting a tax. On, like Oklahoma City, they're building a new arena. There's like a one cent tax mm-hmm. that's like paying for it. Um, like Nats Park, we gave all that money. DC did. There's like a business tax that goes to like pay off the bonds. This is the tax on the revenue, and they say, so that's not on the backs of taxpayers. Here's the problem. You're still loaning the money to Ted Leonsis, mm-hmm. and there are instances where sports owners fund their stadiums themselves, and all of the tax revenue goes to the local economy. For instance, Josh Harris is trying to build a downtown arena for his basketball team, the Philadelphia 76ers, in Philly right now. Part of his proposal is a pledge, no cost to Philly taxpayers. He is shouldering the $1.3 billion price tag through debt financing and, and you know selling naming rights and, and various mechanisms. So it's not like there's no example of you know billionaire sports owners funding stadiums right. and pumping all the money back into the economy. yeah total and private financing i, I like think that. that's how they built the ballpark in san francisco like um that. uh or the baseball I stadium i should LA. say yeah 
LA, right? SoFi, Stan Kroenke. Right, right, right. Exactly. Yes, you're you're absolutely right. Uh, Eric Flack with us from WUSA 9. And that just brings up the next question I was going to ask, and I'm glad you brought up uh, with what Josh is trying to do in Philadelphia. Of course, we know what Josh told your colleague Chick Hernandez, or Mister Chick, as 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 he's uh, known uh, to to some of us, um, <laughs> about the stadium and the three districts, and you know we and we all know the deal there. So, it, is Josh Harris, as far as you know, because you've done a lot of work on the stadium part of this uh, for the mm-hmm. last couple of years, and you've done great work. Is it possible that if we're talking about building a, a new stadium at RFK for the Commanders, that mm-hmm. Josh Harris would consider a situation that, again, would completely be privately financed as opposed to asking district the District of Columbia and its residents for either a straight-up tax payment or, uh, or vote, I should say, or something like this, again, a moral obligation bond? Is it possible that Josh Harris could fund, I don't know, 3 or $4 billion at RFK, or, or are we not talking the same thing? We asked him that. It's a good question. His answer was this. To your point, football stadiums are a lot more expensive than basketball mm-hmm. arenas, A. Um, but, so they're not going to – they're not going to, they haven't gone there yet. And my guess is uh, it's going to be hard to privately finance mm-hmm. a, a, a football stadium. Right. But he made a commitment to us that he and his partners are, are very fortunate, uh, translate that to rich. Yes. And that we are going to, quote, shoulder the burden as much as possible, mm-hmm. end quote, with a commander stadium. So he, you know, I don't think. To say he's trying to privately finance a a basketball arena in Philly means he's going to privately finance a, you know, by the time it gets all done, mm-hmm. like three, four billion dollar football stadium. But he's certainly going to bring his philosophy, which is what we went up to Philly to learn about, which is shouldering as much of the financial burden as possible while doing it in a way that injects money into a local economy that needs it interesting um you recently did uh and we'll we'll let you out on this we so appreciate uh, mentioned the josh harris interview with chick hernandez you recently did a sit down with ted leonsis right yeah i did i did we spoke last week yeah we spoke last week did you i, I mean i Look, a lot of fans hate Ted Leonsis for various different reasons, right? Some of it has to do with just the Wizards' lack of success. Uh, I've always had great dealings with Ted. I, I, I don't apologize for this. I like him. I think he's a pretty smart guy. I think he's aggressive. Um, and I understand how it works. Do you find him, in whatever you know about him and whatever you gain from that conversation, Eric, do you find him to be somebody that's genuine or do you find him to be somebody who – is villainous like a lot of fans are, that I see are trying to paint him out to be. I mean, it, I guess it depends on genuine and what. Um, I think my takeaways from my interview with uh, Ted are that um, he was always going to Northern Virginia. He always wanted to go to Northern Virginia. The idea that he was actually negotiating last year with the District of Columbia to stay at Capital One Arena with whatever package that mm-hmm. they were going to offer. Um, wasn't, um, what word do I want to use? I want to be careful here. Um, wasn't his focus. His focus was always to 
uh, go to Northern Virginia. He wanted to start from scratch. He wants a bigger campus. The uh, Capital One campus is three acres. The uh, Potomac Yard campus is 12 acres. Right. And he wants to build a sports empire. He wants to build buy another sports franchise, likely than the Nationals. Um, and he wants it all in one, you know, for lack of a better analogy, mega church of a of a of a sports facility and arena and, and headquarters. And, and that is something that he never could have had at Capital One. I mean, the the the, the city of DC would would have have to would have have to have given him the RFK site basically to, to do anything close to what he, what his vision was. And, you know, he was asked, um, what about your constituents here in, in, in gallery place, the mm-hmm. small businesses. Right. And he said, those aren't my constituents. My constituents are my fans and the caps fans and the, the wizards fans who want a better, and the sports fans who want a better arena experience, yeah. which is a pretty straight up thing to say, but it was honest. Well, I was going to say that may sound callous, but that's true. That's I mean, true. So, I mean, Ted's job, I, maybe I, I'm too much of a homer. Ted's job is not to worry about every single resident and every single business, small, medium or large in Washington, D.C. He He's paid and and been good for Washington D.C. over the last twenty five years, and 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 now you got Mayor Bowser, and I, I you know, I, again, I don't know much about. I mean, she's threatening to enforce a lease. Uh, you know, the, the the monumental says they can get out of it by paying. I, I think it's the thirty seven million. I, I mean, is like they want supposedly to keep the arena running at Capital One Arena with different events and whatever. I mean, what do you make out of that whole mess? And 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 can Bowser block this? Um, I, without a huge legal fight. Well, she's going to want to try and block it with a huge legal fight. Um, I've been told that based on what the arguments are going to be about trying to somehow argue that the clause in the uh, arena lease, which was part of an amendment in 2007, is somehow null and void or shouldn't apply or can't be applied here in the way that Leonsis and Monumental want to apply it is a losing argument, but it's an argument that is reasonable enough that it can make it into court and slow down this process. And keep in mind the arena, if they get it passed in, in the Virginia legislature, is, is, is uh, you know, at least you know, we're talking like 2028 20, at the earliest or, or a little bit later. Well, if they're trying to get out of the lease in 2027, which is what the clause says, mm-hmm. there's like a gap there where they have nowhere for the Caps and the Wizards to play. And Monumental's idea is to go back to Mayor Bowser and try to negotiate somehow a one-year lease to just stay there one extra year before they move to their brand shiny new arena in Alexandria. And I I just don't know. I mean, I get the tax revenue thing. It's one more year of tax revenue, but it just considering the the way this has gone down, I just don't see Mayor Bowser, if she loses that legal fight, doing anything to help them out mm-hmm. in like a gap year. So, you know, they they are they have said that they are not going to move on with with Ted if 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 he leaves. They have no interest in con- continuing the partnership and they're going to figure it out on their own. So, you know, I, I, can she block it? I don't know if she can. Can she gum up the process? I think she definitely yeah. can. 
I, I mean, I don't know anything about anything, but Ted and Monumental own that building. They don't own the land that it sits on, but they own that building. So I, I don't know if that factors in uh, to, like you're saying, that one-year bridge. Uh, you know, all some that. winds would help everybody. Well, that that's true. You, know, it just be, <laughs> you just can't bring yeah. a, a stink bomb yeah. to the party. Yeah. It just a that's few true. wins. That's true. And some of this stuff, other than wagering, would be great. Yeah, and Monumental acknowledges, you know, regardless of who owns the, the, the brick and mortar on the land, they acknowledge they need the mayor's permission to stay past okay. 2027 if, okay. in fact, they exit the arena. That, that's a good nugget. Eric, you've been all over this. You do a awesome. great job, as always, man. Uh, again, so great to catch up with you uh, last week and chat a little bit. Uh, we'll be uh, following your coverage on WUSA 9 on television, of course, WUSA9.com, and at Eric Flack TV on uh, Twitter slash X. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate you. Thank you, Rooster. Thank you. Thank you, Doc. You got it, brother. All right, that is the great Eric Flack. Make sure you give him a follow if you're not already doing so. Uh, tremendous. Uh, I, I didn't even know about the bridge gap year. I, I kind of yeah. lost translation uh, in that, but that's another complicating part of this. <clears throat> Again, we try not to do too much politics on this show. Uh, we try not to do too much heavy finance on this show, but no, Doc, it it's real. kind of impossible to ignore this, right? Well, this is an adult-rated broadcast, so you got to keep it real. Yeah. 